0: Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, Dangerous Prayers. This series will show you how to pray bold prayers. If you're ready to see a spark in your life, pray boldly, pray daringly, pray with fire, and remember, God is listening to your dangerous prayers. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. Well, good morning, everybody. Hey, today we're beginning a new series that we are calling our entire church to be a part of. Uh, it's, uh, it's, we're entering into a season of what we call 21 days of prayer. So for 21 days straight, we're gonna be gathering here on the campus at 7 p.m. to pray. And so I want to invite you to be a part of that. In fact, I want to invite you to come tonight. We're going to have a a special time, a night of worship, uh, to go with this night of prayer. So please put that on your calendar and come every night that you possibly can at at 7 p.m. We're also uh, entering into this new series that we're calling uh, Dangerous Prayers. And, uh, you know, we're so excited about this season in our life as a church, we're actually asking our life groups, that's our small group ministry we're asking our life groups not to meet during the season and the nights that you would have life group bring your whole life group and uh, come to our 21 days of prayer at seven pm so that's how serious we are and we're we're expecting god to do something amazing and great and so We want to pray with one another and for one another and for what God wants to do in this church. So if you would, come and join us in that time. Look, we've seen prayers answered here. We've seen uh, people get healed. We've seen marriages restored. We've seen the work of Satan thwarted. And so please be a part of this every night. Now, as I said, we're beginning this new series, and and I believe it's going to be life-changing for us when it comes to prayer we're going to be asking you to begin to pray three prayers that maybe you've never prayed before. Uh, these prayers are, are not unique with us. They're, they're straight out of Scripture. Uh, we've been blessed. Uh, another ministry has shared with us some outlines for these messages, so we're blessed to use them. But, but these prayers come straight out of Scripture. And uh, uh, let me say this. They're dangerous prayers. And what I mean by that is that it's not that they're unsafe to you but that you're going to be inviting God to do something in your life, to, to change you really down at the core of, of who you are. You know, the reality is this. If we're honest, we pray safe prayers. You know, God, heal so-and-so. God, help me. God, give us safe travel. I mean, those are safe prayers. Very little of that depends on you, uh, a lot of it depends on God. But when we invite God into our lives, uh, you know, then we've crossed the line from safe to dangerous. When we invite him into our lives through prayer, we're inviting him to do something. And so we're going to be doing that. And I'm going to be inviting you to pray these prayers, to, to open your hearts and your minds and your lives, to ask God to, to work in your life, to fulfill the destinies and the plans that he has for each and every one of us. So we, we're going to be asking you to, to get out of your comfort zone. I'm just going to tell you what those dangerous prayers are up front. We're going to pray, God, search me. And I'm going to talk about that this morning. We're going to pray, God, break me. Now that one sounds a little bit more dangerous. We're going to be praying, God, send me. Um, now if your gut reaction is, I'm out of here for the next three weeks, <laughs> um, you know, don't do that. Uh, God calls us to follow him. God calls us to follow him. And and let's be honest about that. Um, There's really nothing safe about that. Because if you truly believe in Jesus and you begin to follow him, he's going to ask you to do things that according to his word are things that you may not normally and naturally choose. And and so um, here's the deal. Jesus called us to follow him. He didn't say it would always be safe, but he promised he would be with us. And so as we begin to pray these dangerous prayers, we go with the assurance that he is with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to start with the dangerous prayer that David prayed. It's found in Psalm 139. David prays this prayer, ironically, after he's been attacked by his enemies and after God has been attacked. And instead of defending himself... Instead of attacking his enemies back, he responds with this dangerous prayer. It's just two verses. Let me read it to you. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. While it's still on the screen, would you say it with me out loud as a prayer? Let's just do it together. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. This dangerous prayer is made up of four four parts. You may have noticed that. So we're going to examine them. The first thing that David prays is this. Search my heart. Search my heart. Uh, You know, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Now, some of you are thinking, you know, why would I ask God to search my heart? God knows everything. He knows. He's all-knowing. He knows everything about me. And indeed, he does. But but here's the truth that uh, without inviting God through the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit into our lives, you know, we can hold him at bay. You know, I like to say this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is gentle and kind. The Holy Spirit's not going to invade us and and just uh, do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. When we invite God's Spirit to come into our lives, to search us, then we're inviting Him to come in. Um, Now, some of us are saying, well, you know, I, I have a good heart. I believe you. But here's the truth of what Scripture says about the human heart. In the book of Jeremiah, we read this the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So that's a reality check. Uh, most people want to be good, but the reality is, is that we all sin. The, the Apostle Paul uh, realized this and he was very transparent when he wrote a letter to the church in Rome. He he confessed really where he was. He said, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, I keep on doing. He understood, he understood that his heart was desperately wicked. And the spiritual reality is that all of our hearts are not good. We sin and we deceive others. And and most of all, we deceive ourselves when we deny that we deceive others. So we lie. Sometimes we may call it self-preservation. But these are the kinds of things we say. You go, well, you know, I'm not prideful. I just can't help that I'm better than anyone else. You know, I I don't lust. I just appreciate God's creation and another fine human physique. I'm not materialistic. I just like quality things. I don't gossip. I just tell people what they need to know so they can pray informatively about other people. The reality is the heart is deceitful above all things. And we need a really dangerous prayer to pray. And so we need to pray, God, search my heart. Show me what is in there. Search my heart and tell me what's going on. You know, the reality is this. We can fake a lot of things. We can fake being sincere. We can fake being honest. We can fake being real with others. We can fake being real with ourselves. And we can fake being real with God. But if we're fake... With anyone they really can't know us and we can't be known that's why we need to pray this prayer God search my heart God I want to be real with you I don't want to be fake with you you know here I am warts and all when we pray search my heart yes it's a dangerous prayer because God's going to show us some things in our hearts that that aren't pure some things that we need to deal with Um, you know uh, not to be cruel But he wants a deeper relationship with us. And when we pray that prayer, we're inviting him into that relationship in a deeper way. So it's a dangerous prayer. But we need to understand that when we do that, it's going to bring us closer to God. So after after he prays, search me, David next prays this. He says, reveal my fears. He says, search me, O God, know my heart. Then he says, test me and know my anxious thoughts, my fears. Craig Rochelle writes this. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. Are you scared about your marriage? Then are you trusting God with your marriage? Are you afraid that you can't pay the bills? Are you trusting God to be your provider? Are you fearful about your children's safety? Are you entrusting your children to God? What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. Now, it's important for me to say that that trusting God with our marriage, with our finances, with anything else, means not only saying with our mouths that we trust him, but it also means trusting what he teaches in his word and apply it to our lives, to our marriage, to our relationship with money, to every other area of our lives. And so we pray this prayer. God, reveal my fears. God, show me where my anxious thoughts fall. And when we do that, it's time to lean into God. You see, once you realize where you're not trusting God, you can pray about it, and you can study what Scripture says about it, and you can talk with other wise followers of Jesus about your fear and get counsel. You know, the reality is this. When you realize what your fear is, where you're not trusting God, You're not going to fulfill the calling and the plans that God has for you until you deal with that fear and that lack of trust. When you realize what you fear and you're not trusting God, then you can take some steps to trust God in that area. And you can look back on that as a significant time of growth in your relationship with God. I I was thinking about this this week as I've begun to... Pray this prayer in my own life, and I, you know, I realize that some of you don't really uh, remember or even know that the Valley Brook hasn't been around forever. um, That it always hasn't been a a large church. But I remember what it was like when Cynthia and the kids and I moved out here to Granby to start this church, not knowing anybody. Um, You know, to give you some background, we began praying in Minnesota about uh, starting a new church to reach people with the good news of Jesus and God answered prayer after prayer and he gave us so much encouragement and when we specifically started praying about coming to New England um, he continued to answer prayers upon prayers. I'll just share one example you know um, when we came out here for an interview and we sensed that this is where God was calling us and we actually uh, spent some time uh, and uh, we prayed about should we come out here and, and we were beginning to sense it was, it was what we were supposed to do but we met with uh, the, uh, the board of the church that was calling us out here to start this church. And before we left, we also met with a realtor. And we said, hey, we want to put our house on the market with no advertisement, no signs, no nothing. And we prayed throughout that weekend, flew the family out here, and then we flew back to Minnesota. And we hadn't been in the house more than 30 minutes. And we got two phone calls. The first was the church here in Connecticut saying, hey, we want you to come and start this church. And the second one was our realtor saying, Look in the drawer, there's a signed contract for your house. God answered prayer after prayer and encouraged us. But at the same time, you know, as we started this church, there were times, I have to be candid with you, when I was afraid. I was literally afraid. I remember there was a season when uh, a lot of people got transferred from jobs and they were moving away from the area and they were obviously moving away from our church. And I remember driving down the road. I can still see where I was at that time because I was sort of having a panic attack and I was saying to God, "Uh, what can I do without this leader? She's been so important to our ministry. And what about this leader? He's, He's done all of this. And I sensed God speak to me. I didn't hear an audible voice, but in my heart I felt like God was saying, Clark, I don't need her to do what she's doing to do what I want to do in this church. And I don't need him to do what he's been doing in this church to do what I want to do. The reality is I don't need anybody. I'll use everybody, but I don't need anybody, so relax. And, you know, even in that moment, I said, you know, God, you really don't need me to do what you want to do. So I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to be afraid. And I'll be honest, whenever those fears crop up again, I remember that prayer time. And I recall, and I say to God, you know, I'm going to trust you. I don't don't know what our next step is. Um, I know you don't need me, but you're going to use me as long as I make myself available, so I'm going to move forward with you, God. It's that idea that we understand that we have fears, but we take them to God. Whenever my trust in God wavers, whenever I feel afraid, I return to that conversation. So David prayed, search my heart. And then he said, reveal my fears. The third part of this dangerous prayer that he prayed is, uncover my sins. He said, see if there is any offensive way in me. Now, think about this. Here's this person who's been faced with attacks from others, and he's praying not for God to strike them down, but he's saying, God, if I've sinned anywhere, will you show me? That takes guts. It takes guts even when you're not facing enemies, right? Um, You know, it's easy to find faults in others. It's easy to say they're the problem. It's harder to be introspective and look at ourselves and be honest about who we are. But that's what David's doing, and he's asking God uh, to reveal that to us. Um, you know, recently I asked God uh, to show me if there was any offense in my life, any sin area that I needed to deal with. And, and on New Year's Day, I was reading, I, I've told you about Bob Goff's book, Everybody Always. I was reading it, and, and in it he wrote about learning um, that loving everybody always means that you have to love your enemies. And he quoted the very words of Jesus where he says we're supposed to love our enemies. Um, and as I was reading that, Very moving story. Um, I sense God was speaking to me. He was speaking to me about a a broken relationship in my life that's honestly been very painful um, to me. Uh, And I was thinking, I I had been thinking of that person like an enemy. And then it hit me. I'm sinning. I'm sinning by not loving that person and by not forgiving that person. God showed me my offense, and I had to respond. So I prayed. I said, God, you know, uh, I wanna, I'm forgiving that person. And I actually said, God, I'm going to need continual help to forgive that person. Uh, it's going to be hard. I'm going to be real with you. I still struggle uh, loving and forgiving that person. But every time I think about it, I tell God that I'm forgiving that person. I, I'm acting in faith Deciding to do something that I I don't feel, but that I know is right, that God has revealed to me. Pastor Craig Rochelle writes this. The heart is deceitful above all things. He says the most common lies are the ones we tell ourselves. That's why it takes courageous, tremendous courage to pray. Search my heart, God. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. But when you pray that, that can be game-changing. That can change your walk with God. When you give God permission to point out the sin that's dwelling in your heart and quite honestly limiting the depth of your relationship with God and your faithfulness to Him. So if you're ready to do some introspective work, let me just give you three questions that you may want to ask yourself. Here's the first one. What are people trying to tell me? Ask yourself that. You know what? If somebody continues to point something out to you where they think that you need to work on it, and then somebody else points out the same thing, and then somebody else points out the same thing, it might mean you need to take notice because there's a common denominator, and it's you and your behavior So look to see what other people are trying to tell you. Here's the second question you should ask yourself. Ask yourself, what have I rationalized? We're great at rationalizing our behavior. Uh, In other words, you say about some questionable actions, yeah, yeah, I know it might not be the best thing in the world, but it's not that big a deal. After all, nobody's going to be hurt. Really? You're going to be hurt. Your relationship with God's going to be hurt when we rationalize our bad behavior. So ask yourself, what have I rationalized? The third question is this, where am I defensive? Where am I defensive? You know, somebody brings something up and you mean, we're not talking about that. Uh, Why is that? If you want to ask God to show you your sins, reveal them to you, You've got to be willing to ask the hard questions yourself. And you've got to be willing to deal with what God reveals to you. When you have the courage to ask God to show you if there's any offensive way in your life, God's going to point it out. So it's important to pray that prayer and when God does, to take action. One of the things we need to do is confess that sin. Scripture tells us time and time again that, that we need to confess our, our sins to God. We need to, to keep short accounts. But there's an interesting passage in the book of James. Uh, some of you have, were here through the fall. We study the book of James. And in the book of James, James actually tells us to confess our sins to one another. Why? For accountability. For encouragement. For someone to come alongside us and say, hey, can I walk with you through this? That's why we encourage people to join our small group ministries. We call them life groups because we're going to walk through life together. We're going to pray with one another. We're going to study God's word. We're going to encourage one another. And yes, with permission, we'll hold each other accountable. So when we ask God to uncover our sins, he's going to do it. So you need to respond and confess that sin to God. And if it's an area of chronic temptation and failure, that's really where you need to bring somebody who's another follower of Jesus in with you to help you and to hold you accountable. So if we're going to pray that dangerous prayer, God's going to show us. We have to be ready to take action. The final thing that David prays in this prayer is this. He says, lead me. He says, lead me in the way everlasting. You know, it takes courage to pray. Search me, God. You have permission to look deep into the depths of my deceitful heart and show me, God what I've been doing, to test me. It takes courage to pray, reveal to me my anxious thoughts, my, my fears, the place that I fear the most. Because, God, that's where I'm struggling to trust you the most. And then to pray, Lord, show me if there's any offensive way in me, any sin. But it's letting God speak into our lives. So after God has searched you and shown you uh, what's in your heart, after uh, you've come to terms with your fears, after you've let God speak to you about your sins, um, then we need to apply one truth, and it's this. We need his grace and his forgiveness to lead our lives following him in our true identity as sons and daughters of God. So, we need to ask God to lead us. When we pray this dangerous prayer, we, we end up recognizing that we need Jesus to lead us each and every day. And, and believing in and following Jesus is living in the way of everlasting life. It's, it's saying, listen, I believe you. I'm going to live what you've taught me to believe, and I'm going to continue to grow deeper in my relationship with you. You know, the reality is this being a Christian isn't a hobby. It's not a social club. It's not something that we compartmentalize. And and look, I understand that compartmentalization. When I was a kid, um, uh, when mom would say it's time to get ready to church, she would say this, put your church clothes on. So, uh, you know, we have all these great pictures of me as a little kid with a little clip-on tie on and a little uh, jacket and, you know, nice slacks and and nice shoes. Those were my church clothes clothes. I I wore them. uh, I put them on right before we left for church, and I took them off the minute we got home from church. Why? Because those were my church clothes, and that's when I did church. That's, in my mind, was when I said I was a Christian for that period that I wore my church clothes. I, I compartmentalized it. When we grow up, we still compartmentalize things. You know, we we, we still do it. But being a follower of of Christ isn't about compartmentalizing and saying, well, you know, I I do my Jesus thing on Sunday morning. There's no possibility for compartmentalizing. There's no um, partial commitment. It's all or nothing. You know, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we, we become part of a family of God, and we have relationships with one another. Whether we recognize it and own up to it or not, we do. We have a relationship with God. We have a relationship with one another. And we can't compartmentalize that. What it means to follow Jesus is, is to take it seriously all of the time. And when we pray a dangerous prayer like that, we've been talking about, we're taking it seriously. It's a 24-7 thing. It's part of who we are. You know, you, you can't say to somebody, hey, will you be my friend, but only on Fridays from 11 to 12 o'clock. You know, following Jesus, we can't say that. It's all or nothing. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.